Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Okay, I'd like to welcome everybody to today's podcast. Um, this one's a fun one because I'm doing a panel again. And um, so I, uh, a few months ago, my friend from uh, our former ward, Sherry, came up to me and she said, you know what, Beth, a podcast that I would really love would be um, more mature women <laughs> with wisdom that are going through life that have children that have left the home and they're trying to find purpose and they're find, trying to find where do I belong? Where do I fit in? I've served in every position in the church. Um, I, you know, my kids are gone. They have their families. What, where's my purpose? And so I said, I loved it. And so I have three women here tonight that, um, I'm interviewing and they're going to share their perspectives, their stories. And also they still have questions because Sherry's one of them. So, <laughs> so I've got today, Sherry and Linda and Gina, and I'm going to each have them introduce themselves. But when they do, um, I want each of you to share a little bit with the audience about yourself and about your life. Um, you know, I mean, give, give more than just you know, where you're from and whatever. I want you to tell them a little bit about your family. Um, you know, how long you'd been married, the ages of your kids, um, just kind of stuff about you a little bit so that everybody can kind of feel like they know you a little bit. So let's start with Linda, Linda, <laughs> you good with that? Yes. Okay. Okay. So Linda's going to start first. So go ahead, Linda. Okay. So my name's Linda. I'm 67 years old, about to be 68 on uh, Christmas Eve and I have four children and I'm married and I've um, been I was born into the church so I've uh, been a member all my life I um, one little different thing about me is that I was married to my husband for 34 years we got a divorce for uh, about five years, and then we remarried again. So I've been married twice, but to the same man. <laughs> and I oh, and I have ten grandchildren. Oh, and I used to. <laughs> I started out living in the Sandy Ward when I was. Um, I grew up in the Sandy Ward, and I lived in Eugene for about thirty-five, six, thirty-six years, and then now I'm back in Sandy. Good. Thanks, Linda. Okay, Gina, go ahead. Hello, I'm Gina, and I live in northern Utah with my husband. I am 55 years old, and we have four children. Our oldest is 26, and she's married and has our two grandchildren who are ages two and eight months old. We just had them these past four days, so I'm very happy, but very tired. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our second oldest is 24. She's a graduate college student at BYU. Our oldest kids live in Lehigh, which is about an hour from us. And then my 24-year-old is studying public administration at BYU. Then I have a 20-year-old son. My second is a daughter. My 20-year-old son just returned from a mission. He served in several different places with COVID. 
and he was called to the Sao Paulo East Mission in Brazil. And he is at BYU, he's a freshman and just finishing up his first semester. And then our youngest, Tyler, he's 18 and he just left the home after graduating from high school in June. So he is a freshman at BYU as well. And they all have a great time together because they all live within about a half hour of each other and just love being together and get together often. So sometimes we feel a little left out. <laughs> so we'll just hike on down to Provo sometimes <laughs> just to join in the fun. <laughs> um, I grew up in Southern California. My husband grew up in Oregon and we met in Oregon when we were in our late 20s. And we have lived in Utah now for, let's see, it, it'll be almost 21 years, 21 years in February. And uh, we've raised our kids there. So that's a little about me. Good. Thanks, Gina. Okay, Sherry. Okay. Um, I happen to be, I, this is 21, 72 this year, which is surprising to me, kind of shocking. I have four kids. I've been married for 53 years. Um, we have 16 grandkids, three great grandkids with another one on the way. And um, I was raised in the church. My parents are from Brigham City, Utah. Um, and I had an interesting childhood in that my parents were active, but not active, um, but they never questioned the church. Um, Dad had the uh, drinking and cigarette word of wisdom problem, which was very typical. But I always knew that they knew the gospel was true. And so I had a really solid foundation as far as the gospel went. Um, we're from, I'm a, from pioneer families, been born and raised here in Portland, Milwaukee. Um, let's see, what else? I your know. kids, what about your kids? My kids, four kids, Russell, Carrie, Eric, and Wendy. Russ is 51, Car or Wendy is 42, and Carrie and Eric fit in there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, Russ is a band teacher over at Neocani on the coast here in Oregon. Um, Carrie is going, her kids are, she lives in Houston and her, she has a married son and her other four live at home. Riven, the youngest, is a junior this year and she is attending BYU-Idaho online. And um, Eric is a lineman for Pacific Power and Light here in Portland, and we hear horror stories all the time. And I've used to send pictures, he used to send pictures, and I finally said, Eric, don't send me pictures until after you're done, because it was a little freaky to see him on top of the Broadway Bridge. But that's Eric, he loves life. And then Wendy is a phlebotomist at Kaiser Sunnyside and has had to deal with all the COVID problems, and it's been really hard on her to uh, see friends in the hospital and not be able to do anything. So, but I teach piano. I still have two piano students. I love to quilt and sew, and I hate to clean house. And that's, that's me. And, and <laughs> Sherry is a retired, is it the wrong oh, yes. word to say? Go ahead. You tell them what it is. Cause I don't know. I'm a retired, they call it educational assistant, but I was in the library the whole time titles such as uh, library assistant then we got they got rid of the librarian so basically I was in charge of the library technology 
all of the media stuff. I loved being with the kids and reading with them. And that's one thing I miss. Yeah. And you were good at it too. Okay. So let's start. I want you to think back to when you were in the thick of young kids and you were looking forward to the day when they were all grown and they were going to (laughs) go leave the house. Okay. (laughs) What were some of the feelings and thoughts you envisioned that you would have? So Gina, let's start with you because I mean, Tyler just left. He just graduated in the late spring. So what were you envisioning? And when we go back, go back five, 10 years, when you had them all younger, what were you envisioning this would look like right now? Well, I think the thing that I thought I would do that didn't, that I'm not actually doing is I really thought I would return to school. I got my bachelor's degree before Ken and I were married. And I always did think I wanted to go back and get a master's degree and study something more in depth. And, uh, I just, it just never really felt right. It was never the right time, uh, whether it was time or money or desire, inclination, any of those things. So I think I thought I would be in school and I thought I would be maybe thinking about a career. Um, I didn't, I had a little bit of a career before I was married and had kids, but it was short, short lived. And then I was home with kids for 25 years. And I just thought maybe I would want to have a more full-time type of, um, career that I would feel, you know, fulfilled after my kids were raised and that they would go off and do their thing. And I would be doing my thing. And it, it, it just didn't turn out that way because it turns out that's not really what I want. (laughs) It's what I thought I wanted, but it's not really what I want. Okay. So don't tell, don't tell what you want now yet. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay, So Sherry, when you were in the thick of it with the four kids, what did you think your life would look like when they all left the house and you and Roland, what did you think? Okay. Number one, I didn't look to forward to what, what it was going to be like when they left. I was living life in the moment. Okay. Um, when Wendy was five, that's our youngest, I went to work at the school district. And I always thought the deal was once all the kids were in school, I would go back to college and get my degree. Well, Rollin lost his job. And so I went to work until we got, supposedly till we got things under control. But I continued on working for 29 years. So I really didn't look forward to what was going to happen. I was just enjoying life as it came, even though there were struggles and problems. I loved my kids. We had a lot of fun. There's always been a lot of joking in our family and laughter. And so I never really looked forward to what my life was going to be like. I just figured I'd be busy. Mm -hmm. Okay, Linda, what about you? Well, when my children were little, I used to say, I, I hope I can remember what I used to like to do when they're finally gone, <laughs> because <laughs> it didn't seem to be time to do what I wanted to do while they were at home. So I, that wasn't a problem. I still could remember, <laughs> um, but not, I can't really say um, that I thought ahead to what it'd be like I think I always kind of worried that when they were gone what would I do but 
Um, I now at the point I am in my life, many times I look back and I think, how did I ever do it when they were little? Because um, it was wonderful, but it was very hard. So people that worry about um, their, when their kids all leave home, I have to say, I think it's a lot easier. <laughs> it's, it's kind of easier to um, just not have quite um, as much responsibility and ongoing um, um, things all the time that you have to do. And, and, and you kind of have people running your life. When, when you get older and retired, then you just have your husband. So <laughs> that's just like having one child instead of four. So. Hey, Beth, I need, to, I need to add something. Here. Please do. I was work, worked all the time as the kids were growing up. And the thing that I missed was being room mother because I was room mother with all the kids until I went to work. So as they got older and through the teenage years, I ended up taking a, a playground class through school and I finally decided and, and discovered in that class when I was talking to the teacher I said you know senior year of high school is God's way of making it possible for mothers to say so long farewell get out of my house <laughs> and that's generally what happened with all four of them when when they got that age I was ready for them to be gone and to have my own life back but I didn't think of what I was going to do well you know what's funny is I've talked to Matt's mom we've talked about this and she said you know because I say I would talk to her about how bad I felt about getting in arguments with the kids like Madeline and Carter or whatever and she'd say Beth that's how it's supposed to be because then by the time they're ready to go they're ready to leave and you're ready to kick them out. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Gina, I want to go back then to you. So you had this thoughts, you know, I'm going to go get my degree. I'm going to go back to school. But you said, that's not what I want now. So what do you like? What is it now that you want? What do you want? Well, I think I need to go back just a little bit. Um, when I was younger and I'm going to even go all the way back to like high school, junior high, college, post-college, you know, just those years, um, teenager, young adult. I really, I was the kind of kid that wanted to be everywhere all the time doing something. I never, I didn't never want to sit. I never wanted to just relax. I, I was not like that. I was a kid that was playing outside playing sports constantly in the street with my brothers and sisters and neighbors. Then once I got into junior high and high school, I wanted to be involved in organized, whatever it was. I just wanted to be there. And uh, I had somewhat of a difficult home life. And so a lot of me wanted to be away from that as much as possible. And I wanted to be doing good things in my life. I Grew up in the church. My mom is a convert. She joined the church when she was in her early 20s, and I was about five. And so I was baptized at eight, and I didn't know anything but the church and, and the gospel in my life. So I wanted to be involved in really good things. So by the time I got to be in Young Women's, uh, I wanted to do everything that was ever possible in Young Women's every single activity, every single camp out, every single weekend activity, whatever it was, I wanted to be there. And um, college the same way. I mean, anything I could be involved in. 
I was involved in. So I kind of lived my life that way. I, I felt like I was a little bit of, I, I call it a maybe accomplishment addict. <laughs> I just felt like in order to be uh, what I wanted and who I wanted and to be good enough, I just had to keep doing things constantly all the time. And I, you know, had my kids and I felt the same way. I, not only did I want to keep doing things, but I wanted them to be doing things too. So they were involved in everything that they, we could possibly put them in whatever they wanted. We, we did for them and wanted to do for them. And there came a time when I had hit about probably mid forties. My kids were, you know, I think the youngest was upper grade school and oldest was in high school that I just, I kind of crashed from all of that and realized that I needed something different in my life, that I, I didn't need to continue accomplishing and doing and doing more and doing more and doing more all the time. That what I really needed was to rest and I needed to be, and I felt like I actually needed to be still. And, and it took me a long time to transition from doing everything and being everything to just being still. And so the further I've moved since that time till now, I've realized that um, the most important thing for me is to just listen to the spirit every day, not to be so worried about what I'm accomplishing or what I'm doing or, or um, what I, uh, any, any kind of goals that I'm achieving. I'm not saying I don't have goals, I do, but they, they're different. They're not, they're not the same as they would have been 10 or 15 years ago. And so what I'm doing now that is making me very happy is just being still. And I am trying to listen to the spirit on a daily basis. Every day looks a little different. Every, not every day is the same. And that's sometimes in the past has been hard for me, but I'm at a place where I feel very, um, I feel very calm. I feel very set, settled. And I feel very ready to just let the Lord guide. Does that resonate with you, Linda and Sherry? Do you have thoughts about what Gina said, Linda? Yes. Yes. I, I think that's part of getting older. You get smarter <laughs> and you realize what is important. Uh, I had with four children, the first two, I, I was just like Gina, they, they had to be in everything. And I just, um, really kept them busy then the the second the last two it was not like that they uh, the four children always say the first two had a different childhood than the last two because I was tired and um a little more laid back um just kind of a different person and now being much older I even see things um differently like like Gina says you just realize what what is important in that achievement and going and doing constantly is not important. Um, there are more things, other things that are much more important. And Sherry, what about you? I think what I want to say here is, is kind of tell you why I ever approached you in the first place. Please. And do. you're going to laugh over this one. Um, <laughs> Beth knows, and my friends all know, that my daughter is a huge Coldplay fan. I mean, huge. Her moniker is Coldplay Carrie on, on everything. 
And we went to a concert one time and Beth and Matt and some other friends were there. We went from nosebleed seats to the front row seats. I mean, it was incredible. We had a wonderful time. So just recently, Coldplay has come out with a new album and their song Higher Power, I absolutely love. And I was telling Carrie about it and how much I love the dance with it. And she said, well, mom, it's on YouTube. You can learn how to do the dance on YouTube. So I pull up the dance and I'm looking and watching and I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I'd love to do that. But if I do that, if I learn that dance, I'm going to have more knee surgery and I'm going to have more back surgery. And it just really hit me. I'm getting old. My body's getting old. My mind isn't, but my, my body is. So that kind of precipitated the thinking of, you know, if I can't do these things, what am I here for? What's, what's going on? And so it was from that thinking point that I started kind of struggling with, well, now what do I do? Because I, I had been active with the kids. With, you know, we, knew, we weren't in sports very much, but I was active with callings and they were all busy with church. And, and so now what do I do? This is what precipitated this whole, excuse me, struggle that I went through. So that's, that's what started the whole thing. So did you, have you been able to find some peace in the process of our conversation to now have things come to you? Have you, and what are they, Sherry? Absolutely. So um, I, I told you one in, in some texts, the interesting thing is through all of this struggle, uh, my faith has never been stronger. It has just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And yet I'm still struggling with what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to accomplish? So um, I was in constant prayer and I, my father in heaven knows me really well. He knows all of us really well. So first of all, I'm going to, to do a Beth thing. The definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Okay, so my purpose then shouldn't be a thing. And it occurred to me, the answer came, my purpose isn't what I should be doing. My purpose is to return to my father in heaven. And so that kind of relieved all this pressure of what am I here for? What am I good for? Well, I'm here because I need to return to my father in heaven and I need to have a whole lot to learn. So uh, in the, at the end of September, we went to Arizona from our grandson's wedding and then flew back home the next day. And then the next weekend, I flew to California to my sister's and we drove up to Hurricane, Utah for a quilt retreat with some of her friends. And on the way up, I expressed my concern, you know, what, how I was feeling. And both my sister and the friend we were driving with were saying the same thing, it, you know, getting older, what do we do? What, what's going on? So I'm at this quilt retreat and I'm there for, we got there on Sunday, we left the next Saturday. And on Thursday, it really hit me. What I really was missing this whole time was the sisterhood. It really wasn't a purpose. It was the pandemic that was causing all this 
I didn't know I didn't wasn't being with my sisters. I wasn't getting that spiritual feed for my sisters. And so that just was a real awakening to me there that my purpose is to return to my father in heaven. And by the way, the quilt retreat was wonderful, had a wonderful time, and then came back home. And I've, I've just really been having a wonderful time since then. I'm not struggling with this. But another interesting thought that occurred to me as I was studying in um, Come Follow Me, when the saints were going through all the, the uh, persecution and that mobs would come and they'd run out of their houses and try and protect the children and the husbands would try, you know, all that mess. What happened? What had happened with the sisters? If you read the stories and hear the stories, they'd run out into the fields or the woods and they gather together to make sure all the children were there. And then when things had calmed down, they'd go back and help each other take care of their husbands that had been beaten up or whatever was going on. Sisterhood is so important, so very, very important. And, and I really think that was what I was really missing. It wasn't that I didn't know who I was or what I was here for. It was like I was missing the love and sisterhood that comes in the gospel. Yeah. Gina and Linda, did you find in the process of the kids leaving or, you know, did you notice yourself struggling where, what, did, how did you find your purpose or your um, fulfillment through those struggles? Linda, do you want to go first? Sure. <clears throat> Mostly I, um, when each one of my children left home, it, it was hard. I, um, I didn't like it when they left home, but probably the most, um, the one I remember the most is when my son left for his mission and I just thought I found that to be really hard because I'd never had my children had never gone away for two years without me getting to see them. And um, so that, that was a hard time, but um, now I forgot what your question was. <laughs> well, there was there just like Sherry shared that she had this struggle and she was trying to figure out the answer. Did you feel that way in the process of, kind of a new chapter in your life. I mean, the kids are going, they're gone. What, you know, what am I to do just did in that whole process? I don't think that I really um, had that conscious thought because I think Heavenly Father had, um, he laid it out pretty well for me because first of all, I, um, I was going through the divorce and then my son left soon after that. And I had an elderly father that I was taking care of. And then I eventually moved in with him. And so I seemed like I didn't really have time to worry about what my purpose was because it kept showing me. <laughs> but um, I think that I, I was talking to you, Beth, about this. I I've always been very interested in, in what makes people tick, why they do what they do. And um, I think trying to maybe make some sense of my 
my childhood and, and my um, even my behavior and the behavior of other people. So I have always been interested in that. And through this time of after my children left, I had a little more time to um, study and learn about that. And so that that was really um, a good good kind of a distraction for me and and it really helped me to I think that really was kind of a purpose that I had and it kept me busy it wasn't I didn't consciously think of that but but it just kind of happened and so that that really helped and I'm still on that quest to know learn more about um myself and other people and learn just learn how to be my best self and and learn how to be more accepting and loving towards other people and so I think that sort of just um was out before me and it just um happened that I that I found that that found that okay Gina what about you was there a time that you can think back with a that was a struggle that you were trying to find an answer? So because my last one just left six months ago, um, this particular transition, um, I feel like we've still just been really, really busy since June. <laughs> we've just had a lot going on in the last six months. But when you ask that question, it makes me think of other transitions in my life and I think a lot of women's lives. Um, the transition going from, you know, not being married to being married, from not having kids to having kids to your kids being at home to all your kids being in school. Uh, there's, you know, grade school, and then all of a sudden you've got them all in high school, you know, children to teenagers. And there's a lot of transitions and, and I have felt challenged at each of those times. And I've had times when I thought, okay, what is my purpose now? Right. It's different. It feels different. Um, they don't need me as much or they need me differently. And I'm not sure how to meet those needs. I, it's been a long time since I've been a teenager. <laughs> Let's try and figure this out together. And it's really, really hard. Um, but I, I have to say when Sherry was talking and, you know, you found that the answer for you was that sisterhood. I just, I wanted to just jump for joy and say, yes, it's ab absolutely uh, the thing that has gotten me through personally, all of those transitions. And I, I think this one as well. Um, of course, you know, you have your husband and you, you just really have, it's good to put effort and time into your marriage and kind of rekindle some things after your kids are gone or when you have more time to do that. And there is time to do that. But in addition, if you don't have other women in your life, it's very lonely and it's very, um, you feel like there's something missing. And so when there have been times when I felt like I haven't had people close to me and in, in proximity um, to, to maybe just be with and, and see in person on a regular basis, I think that's the thing that's been hardest for me over the years. And so I decided early on that I didn't want to feel that way. And so if I start to notice that I'm feeling disconnected um, or lonely or upset, um, all of these kind of negative feelings, I, I kind of turn and say, well, when is the last time that I was kind of fed or filled up with being with my sisters, uh, sisters in my ward, sisters in my family, 
um, friends that don't live near me, friends that do live near me, friends that were in my ward and now we're in a different ward. And I just have to reach out. And, you know, sometimes you feel bad that maybe people aren't reaching out to you and you think, well, why isn't anybody reaching out to me? Don't they know I'm having a hard time? But the fact of the matter is, is no, they don't know you're having a hard time. And so I just decided to be that person for myself and to make that first move, whatever that might be, whether to organize a group of sisters to go to lunch. Um, I'm, I'm not someone, Sherry, I envy you that you're a quilter. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I'm not someone who does things like that. I, I'm not a project kind of a person at all. I, I'm a kind of a minimalist that way, but I do love to talk. And I love people and I love, um, you know, just finding out about their lives. I have genuine interest in how people are learning and what they're doing. And I feel like it benefits me and my family. And I, I hope to, to be able to benefit them in some way as well. And I feel like if I am in need of that, then there's lots and lots of other women out there that are also in need of that. And um, if we can just, I, I feel like for me, if I can remember that, my life definitely has more purpose in it. And at each stage, it's different. Sometimes you need one really, really good friend and you, you're talking to that person constantly. And other times you need, you know, maybe a group of people or people that are in the same. Sometimes you need women that are not doing the same thing you are. And sometimes you need women who are doing the same thing you are in their lives. And evaluate every so often, but sisterhood is absolutely key. So Thank you, Sherry, for bringing that up because I 100% agree. Can each of you think of one woman in your life at some point that there was a pivot for you because of something that she said or did for you that helped you get through a time that was quite difficult? Sherry, can you think of a woman? Just one? Um, yeah. Um... It was, it's uh, one of my friends who is a retired secretary from Furwood School <laughs> and a quilter friend. And there's been numerous times where, and she's not a member of the church, she, um, there's been numerous times where she's, we've been able to talk and she's helped me to see things in a, a good way. And to, I don't know that I'd say it's pivotal, but she's helped me put things in perspective and helped me realize, okay, things are going to be okay. We can get through hard times together. So yeah. good. Linda, what about you? Uh, well, I was thinking of several women um, that, that have helped me, but um, one especially came to mind. It's um, a friend of mine that she's been, um, I've known her since I was about three years old and we were just best friends all through school and we still live by each other and we don't, we don't see each other a lot, but we still love each other. And when I was going through, well, after I was divorced and I a while after that I was going through a hard time and I remember saying to her um I just don't know you know I don't know what's wrong with me I I'm just really having a hard time with this and and she said well Linda <laughs> going through a divorce is a big thing and of course you're going to 
um, not not get over it easily, and it, it it is going to be hard. And I think sometimes when people say things to you that are the truth and important, and you need to hear it, you just don't forget it. Because I have other things like that where it's just it's like it's almost well, it's like the spirit was speaking to you and telling you something that you needed to hear, and it's just. It's just interesting how you don't um, you don't forget those important things that are said to you. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Okay, G- Gina, what about you? Um, well, I know you have a lot of listeners, Beth. Um, most of them know you well. Some of them maybe not as well. But um, just as a matter of background again. <laughs> so Beth and I have known each other for about 26 years. And um, I have had a lot of women come in and out of my life, my whole life, even since I was young. But I've never had a friend who has stuck with me as long and as well as Beth has. And, and there's nothing that she doesn't know about me. And, you know, we haven't lived near each other for Gosh, I don't even know how long it's been now. <laughs> Let's see, we moved to Utah in 20 years ago. So about 20 years. We haven't lived near each other for about 20 years, but uh, we've just been able to stay in touch any way possible through phone calls and FaceTimes and visits. And um, she's been through all of my ups, all of my downs, all of my greats, all of my horribles. And uh there just isn't a time that I've called Beth for any reason that she hasn't helped me. And I just can't imagine going through my life with everything that happens in it without having someone like Beth in it for me. And it's you. Yes, Gina, Gina is my best friend. She has been with me through thick and thin. She knows everything between the, what is it? The fence post or whatever they say. I don't know that term. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel the same way, Gina. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to ask you if there was advice that you could give to women that are coming up on this place in their life, like Sherry, you know, you're in your early seventies and there are women that are approaching that, um, Gina, you know, there are people approaching their fifties and there's a little bit of intrepidation, concern, uncertainty, and Linda with you, you know, in your late sixties, there's women going through their early sixties, getting ready. So I would love if you could share what are some words of wisdom or advice that you would give to them? Sherry, let's start with you. Uh, when you posted this question, I was thinking more in terms of, of younger women. Um, and I think one thing that I'd say is stop thinking of yourself in earthly terms. I, you know, I always thought, oh, I'm a mother. I work at the school. I play the organ. I do this. I do that. But no, no, think of yourself not in earthly terms. I've, I've been taking the emotional resilience class um, at church, and I learned in there, my worth to God never changes. 
And that was a real eye-opener to me. I hadn't thought of it that way before. My worth to God never changes. His love for me is infinite and eternal. And we tend to think of ourselves, well, I failed at this, so he doesn't like me as well, or I'm not as good as I should be. So I would say, don't think in earthly terms. Think in terms of what God thinks of you and what he's looking for you. He doesn't expect, expect us to do everything all at once. He expects us to be headed in the right direction. And if we're headed in the right direction, that's what counts. So um, I would say create, and this just came to me in the last few years. So create a relationship with God, a close relationship to God, even at the expense of a spotlessly clean home or missing something. It's more important that you have a personal relationship with God and that's what has really helped me finally get through this mess that I made for myself mentally. <laughs> that really wasn't a mess. God was just trying to teach me something. So um, don't judge yourself. Be kind to yourself. But again, I'm going to say it again. Don't think of yourself in earthly terms. Don't value yourself in earthly terms. Value yourself as God values you. Oh, that's great, so. Sherry. Linda, what about you? Um, I that was I really like that, Sherry. And I would add, um, try to see yourself as God sees you. Um, give yourself grace and accept yes. and um because so oftentimes we don't see ourselves. We're just so hard on ourselves and critical. And we'll, we'll just get so much farther if we can um, learn to love ourselves and know ourselves and, and try to think of, of ourselves as, as God sees us. Because he, he knows our potential. And as Sherry says, he loves us no matter what. And that's something that I didn't learn until the last few years. I always thought that it was, um, you had to earn it, you know, uh, but, but we were, we exist and we were born and we're his children and he loves us no matter what. And um, so if we can just try to see ourselves as he does, I think that will be a, a great benefit to our lives. Good. Thanks, Linda. Gina. Uh, I think I'm going to share something that really has helped me over the last 10 years, maybe a little more of my life. And it's not something I'd ever th thought, thought about or thought through before that. Um, and yes, this is a, a principle I learned while going through some therapy in my forties. And um, it has to do with the word should. And I learned that the word should, I should do this, I should do that, you should do this, you should do that, is a harsh word. It's harsh on yourself, it's harsh on others, harsh on your children, um, harsh on those you might serve with in your calling, you should be doing this. And I have just taken the word out of my vocabulary. And it's given me that, that place that Sherry and Linda are talking about of seeing yourself as God sees you. 
because then you're not so worried about, well, God, you know, would love me better, or I would be better if I, if I did this, if I did that. Um, and so instead of using the word should, I've changed it to, in my life, I want to. So I say to myself, I want to read my scriptures. And even in that moment, if I don't feel like I want to, that's okay. That's all right. I'm okay with that. But I never say to myself, oh, I should sit down and read my scriptures. I say, I want to read my scriptures. And if I don't want to, then I will pray and ask Heavenly Father, can you please give me the desire to want to read my scriptures or to want to attend the temple? Not I should attend the temple, but I want to attend the temple. And that little tiny change for me has made a huge difference that I now can accept myself wherever I'm at. And that doesn't mean I, I don't want to change some things to improve or to move closer to my heavenly father, but it's not a stick that I beat myself with anymore yeah. Um, yeah. or other people for that matter. And, or, you know, my family or anyone. And um, it's given me a sense of peace and a sense of calm and a sense of enjoyment of all the things I'm doing in my life because I want to do them. And I don't do anything in my life out of should anymore. I, if I feel like I'm doing it because I should, I stop. It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't increase my relationship with others. Um, I take care of things and I do things because I want to. And the more that I've realized that, the more my heavenly father and my savior have been, I feel them closer to me because I want that relationship with them and not because I'm supposed to have it, but because I genuinely want it and it's there. You know, I, I don't even think we realize in our vocabulary, how much we say the word should, mm -hmm. I should go do this for this. I should do this for myself. I should, I should. So I think I love that when you shared that with me years ago, I loved it so much. Um, from anything that any of you said, do you have any thoughts that you, that are, that you want to, um, that are coming to you from anything that you, Sherry or Linda or Gina said Do any of other of you want to say anything about it? Just be happy with who you are and where you're at and continue to improve. Don't, don't ever give up. Don't ever, don't ever think you don't have a purpose. I was miserable for a while until I, God finally hit me on the side of the head and said, okay, wake up. It's time to get your act together here. We have a purpose. Be happy. Go for it. Have fun. Yeah. Um, I want to ask. Can, if, can I add something? Yeah, 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 please. Um, so Linda had mentioned this about uh, just being ha happy where you're at. So um, I tell my kids. One of one, I mean, I don't know if I could call this a regret, but just something that I wish would have been different is um, I was single. I got married when I was 27. And so I went through college, graduated, worked, you know, met my husband. But I really had wanted to be married way earlier than that. I, I wanted to be married before I finished college. And by the time I graduated from college, I was just, you know, really unhappy. I, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing at that point in my life. And there wasn't a lot of guidance coming then. And so I, you know, when I did meet my husband, Ken, and 
had a family and had children, I look back on that time and I think, wow, if I could go back, I would have just appreciated that time so much. That time that I got to focus on myself and my own learning and my own growth. Because once you have a husband and children, you hit the ground running and it's all about them. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's all really is all about them. And, and that's how I personally have been the happiest. But before that happened, I wish I would have appreciated that, that time. So I think it's true for all times, right? Do we appreciate when our children are little? Right now I have grandkids and it's so fun. I'm remembering when my kids were this age and, you know, I just got out of teenagerhood and I don't ever want to go back there again, <laughs> but I probably need to appreciate it while I was there. <laughs> so I think that was very wise counsel, Linda, just appreciate where you are at, because once you get past it, you're going to want to look back and say, you know, that was really a good time. And I really did learn and grow a lot in that stage of my life. Oh, that's great. And you know what, Gina, I was thinking while you're saying that, cause like Elizabeth right now is getting her master's and she's 24. And mm -hmm. so because of your perspective, you know, you weren't married at this age, her age, and you know, you, you was before you were 27 when you married. So now you can give Elizabeth some perspective to enjoy, love her life, do things that she's passionate about. Yeah. We had a, a birthday party for her and all her roommates came and I told all of her roommates that. <laughs> They're, they're all in their mid to probably mid twenties. And I said to them, girls, just love it soon enough. It's going to be different. Just, and just live your life to the fullest and enjoy it. And they all laughed and said, we are <laughs> said, good. good. <laughs> okay. So I want you to think this might be a little tough, but I just want you to think, has there been the, a spiritual experience that you feel comfortable sharing that was kind of a light switch for you during one of the challenging times where you're like, when is this going to end? Or when am I going to go to the next chapter or turn the page? Like, were you sitting in general conference? Were you sitting in a relief society lesson? Were you at a meeting or were you just reading your scriptures yourself? I just want you to take a second to think about something that you were doing spiritually speaking that all of a sudden you just had this realization, okay, there was hope. There was, um, ability to move forward. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So, um, Sherry, I'm going to start with you. Um, can you share a spiritual experience that you had that helped you? Okay. Um, I don't often have these big spiritual epiphanies. In fact, I don't know that I've ever had one, but they come to me slowly. And I have to say, with the Come Follow Me program, I started looking around for different programs, the videos or whatever that went with it. And I found Don't Miss This with uh, Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. And it just resonated with me and I love to listen to them because they have opened the scriptures to me and I'm so grateful for that because I've always read scriptures but they didn't always have a lot of meaning to me I understood what they were saying but now when I read the scriptures they have a meaning to me and that's been a real eye-opener and no it wasn't a big spiritual thing. And yet it is a huge spiritual thing. 
it's a huge change in my life and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Okay. Linda. Well, um, during, I keep talking about my divorce, but, um, during the time that I was divorced, I heard that Beth's in-laws were taking, um, some of their grandchildren to Disneyland and I was really feeling sad. And I just thought, I want to take my, my, um, kids to Disneyland with their grandpa. And the spirit said to me right at that time, it doesn't have always it won't always be like this and that was no truer words were ever spoken because we ended up getting back together and and remarrying and now um at this time there's just nothing that we enjoy more than our grandchildren we just enjoy them so much together and you know they say that sorrow that is um shared is cut in half and joy that is shared is doubled and I have to say that our joy with our grandchildren is doubled because we can share it together and we just um love um love having our family and enjoying them together and we probably even enjoy it more because we um didn't have each other for a few years and so we really appreciate um our being together now so I, I just was very um, comforted that the spirit gave me that hope. That's great, Linda. Okay, Gina. So when you said that, my mind went back to um, a time in my life. It was when my youngest child started school. Well, not kindergarten, but first grade when they're gone all day. And so all of them are in school. And in my mind, I was just so excited. I was like, oh, this is so great. I have this whole day. I'm going to, you know, what am I going to do? And I started just brainstorming. I'm going to go get a part-time job and bring in some money. I'm going to work at the school and, and I can have summers off. And, and, or what about volunteering? I've always wanted to volunteer. And I, I remember getting on the internet and looking at all these different organizations and what do I love and what am I in, invested in and what have I always wanted to, to do? And I just systematically started doing all those things. Like right from September when he went to school, I, I went and I started looking for jobs and I started calling all these organizations and just humanitarian places and different things. I, I, I volunteered at the church employment center for a little while. I did a domestic violence shelter. I worked for the red cross. <laughs> I mean, I could just name a ton of things. Um, I did get a little part-time job one time, but then it was during when my kids got home from school, I was still working and that was crazy. So I just kept doing these things and lo and behold, nothing was really sticking. Like I just, for various reasons, one, one reason or another, I would do something and it wouldn't work out for some, some reason. And then I'd start something else and it wouldn't work out. So I did that for probably at least a year, the first year that they were all in school and I was getting very frustrated and I was asking heavenly father, I, what is it that I need to be doing? Because none of these things are really working out for me. And, um, I was putting a lot into my calling at the time and, and it just wasn't feeling right. And I just kept praying about it. And uh, finally, one day the spirit said to me, before you can continue to help other people around you, 
you need to do some work on yourself. And it was like a, just a, I don't know, a hammer on the head, I guess. Um, I knew at some point I would have to do that, but I didn't realize it was at that point. And I think Heavenly Father had other things in store for me later, but I, I wasn't going to be ready for them unless I just processed some things that I needed to do for myself and learning about myself and why I did the things that I did and how, what I need to do to move forward and to be closer to my savior. And that was when I just realized, okay, I'm going in a different direction. And the direction that I went was far better than any of those things that I could have been doing. I remember that. <laughs> um, I want to yeah. jump in. Sherry, she, please. She just said something that really struck me. She said she just kept praying. And I think that's been a huge key for all of us. We just keep praying, no matter what, no matter if we feel like no one's there, no matter what, we just keep praying because God's there and he's going to help us might not be how we want to be helped, but he's there. Just keep praying. Yeah, I agree. I call it staying with Jesus. Just yes. stay with Jesus and it'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> Actually, doesn't Emily Bell Freeman say Jesus? She'll say she says something about that staying with Jesus, doesn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, before there's two things I want to ask you, I want you to share one thing that brings you joy in your life right now. And, um, I also want you to share how you seek light on a regular basis. So what brings you joy and how do you seek light? So Linda, let's start with you. Well, my grandchildren bring me great, great joy. Every single one of them. I just um, enjoy them so much. As I said before, I thought it was hard when I had kids, little kids at home and stuff. And I think I enjoy children much better when they don't live with me. <laughs> but, um, so how do I seek light? I just continue to... Um, to stay close to the Savior, to um, try to study the scriptures, go to church, and do the things that will continue to, to give me light and show me the way. Good. Um, Gina? Well, like I said, our we're blessed to have all of our kids still living pretty close to us, and I really do feel the most joy with them still. Um, whether they're all together at the house for holidays or birthdays or a weekend, or whether we travel to, they all still do play sports. Um, they're not on collegiate teams, but they play intramural sports and we drive down and we see their games and it's just, we have a blast together. Um, we try to find times monthly to get together, whether it's to go to dinner, see a movie, just be together. Uh, my grandkids, of course, anytime I get to see them, it's intense joy because you just get to see them for a short period of time and then they, they go. And so that is really my most, my most joyful times is, is when we're together and when I can share who I am with them and they can share who they are with me and just, just watching them grow and change and learn and develop. That's very joyful. 
experience for me. Um, how do I seek light? I was thinking about this earlier today and I, I had the opportunity to sing in a double quartet today in sacrament meeting. And so as I was standing up there singing and looking out uh, across the congregation and all the people that I know, I, we've been in the same ward for 20 years. And so we know almost everybody there. And I see a lot of light in other people's eyes. I just see a lot of light in what they're doing in their life, the goodness that they portray, the good that they are bringing to the world. And it gives me so much light and peace when I can see what light they are bringing to anywhere that they're at, a group or an individual conversation or just, be, just sitting in the pews at church. They bring light and I feel that from them. So I really think being with others brings me a great deal of light in my life. Mm. Sherry? Um, I have to agree with, with Gina that joy comes from family and Linda both. Family is it. Even though my daughter still lives in Houston with five of my grandchildren and a granddaughter-in-law, um, the family is what brings us joy. We were supposed to go to Tillamook today to hear our one grandson report on his mission and his younger brother to give his talk before he was leaving on his mission. We didn't go because of snow, but you know, those are the, those are the moments of joy. And I have to say my grandson that was reporting on his mission taught me something today that he said before he left on his mission, he didn't study the scriptures that much. But he was in Brazil when the pandemic hit, and so they couldn't go out. And he started studying scriptures, and he now loves to study his scriptures. And he says what happens now is he starts studying scriptures, and he goes down a scriptural rabbit hole. And I love that, that picture, you know, drawing yourself into the scriptures. So I received joy from that, but also that's how to seek light. Go down that scriptural rabbit hole and just seek for what's there. There's so much there. Um, and surround yourself with people of light. So, yeah. Well, I wanna tell you all that I, when I um, served in my callings as a stake in the stake or in the ward, I would always bring up in meetings when we were planning something, I'd be like, let's do panels. I love panels. Like let's get a young mother and a grandma and a mother of teenagers and a single sister, you know, like I always wanted to do panels. That was like, and they're like, can you get over the panel thing, Beth? You know, <laughs> we're not going to do a panel all the time. <laughs> so I want you to know that I'm so thankful. First of all, Sherry, that you came to me and said, Beth, I need to hear a podcast from women that have gotten there in my stage of life or going through it and trying to figure things out. So, because it provided me a way to have a panel, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but, um, I want to tell you all how grateful I am that you've shared some of your things of your heart and things that you've experienced that have been more difficult, but that you've gotten through it because the truth is, is that's what we're all going through. We're all going through something. People might not know it, but we are. And I just love that the main 
answer to all of you is it's about our relationships with other people and our relationship with God and the savior. And so I just want to thank all of you for taking the time to share some of your thoughts and um, help other women find purpose in their life. So thank you. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.